we've got you covered all season long. Welcome to the BCSN Nation podcast. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of the BCSN Nation podcast, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Let's go sports bar. I'm your host, Brandon Carnes, slide number one chair to the right this week is Mason Lowry, and over to my left, as always, Coach Mike Robb. We're going to start this thing out in the middle of our cold snap here in Northwest Ohio with a cliche. How about this weather we're having here, guys? I hate this. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't need a polar vortex to be cold because I'm cold all the time anyway. I don't know why. I'm just cold-blooded. Maybe I'm a lizard person. I don't no know. Different. It does not help that our house is a split level. And there's plenty of those around, Toledo. So right. you folks at home that live in one of these, you know what I'm talking about. They are designed so that the second floor of these houses, the top level, gets like no hot air and no cold air. There's so much duct work and so many 90-degree turns that nothing <laughs> gets upstairs. So... Our bedroom's on the second floor, and my office is on the second floor, and it's 70 on the main floor and 55 upstairs, so I'm, like, layered up in my office. I wear these socks that they market to ice fishermen, and they kind of keep the feeling in my feet, Okay, but, uh, yeah, we got space heaters running everywhere, and, yeah, I can't wait for it to get into the teens again. Adapt, Might be kind of palatable. Adapt and overcome. Mike Rob, what's your first world boy? It's called outside problem. Oh, like I said, it's, it's, it's always the, the car starter, you know, for me, like, if... I didn't have one for a while, and then now that I got it, it is making life 10 times easier just to get in the car because going outside to start the car is a mission itself. And so be able to hit that doop-doop, that makes life easier. And then the fireplace, it gets the whole entire house. I, I live in a ranch-style house, so, you know, we got the basement. and I, I envy the, that. And so the house is just an oven. You turn on the, uh, the fireplace, it gets the whole place warm, and then you got to turn it off because it gets too hot. So, um... Yeah, bring on the coat. And the mission to start the car is a mission I took this morning. Mine now is just every time I let the dog outside, I got to put his coat on, put his boots on. He's not made for the cold weather. He's a warm weather dog, so he's not exactly thriving. So coming up today, <laughs> we've got our Sean's None Irish Tavern Player of the Week. We're going to recap some Lake Erie playoff football, the Browns and Lions. We've got our Clip of the Week, our preview of our Game of the Week matchup, and so much more. Make sure you watch new episodes of the BCSN Nation podcast every Wednesday at 4 p.m. right here on BCSN. Or you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or bcsnnation.com slash podcast. Wherever your ears go, we're going to be there. Make sure you follow us on social media so you don't miss any of our other content. That is at BCSN Sports across platforms, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We know it's cold outside. You know where it's not cold, though, guys, is Lamar Smith Court over at Rogers. That's where we're going to head for our Sean's Irish Tavern Player of the Week. Our player of the week this week goes to none other than Demetric D. Patterson from Rogers High School. He had 28 points in the win over Woodward last Friday. Get this, guys. 25 of the Rogers Rams' first 27 points. D. Patterson. That's really something. I I like him a great deal. I saw Rogers play right before Christmas against Cardinal Stritch. He's a guy that just scores, and he's bouncy, and he's long, super athletic. I, I think this is a team that is probably a year away from being... Really good. They only play one senior. They got a massive junior class. They got three really good scores, him and and Trey Booker and uh, Kajir McAllister. The thing they're missing other than experience, and I don't know why it's like this in Toledo, but there's not a lot of size. 
in the area. It's localized at like one yeah. place, and I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, and it's about to go away. Uh, they don't have anybody over six foot three, and it's tough when you're like that. You have to play real small and real quick and real aggressive defensively. Um, and they got a good coach too, Ramon McBrayer, who uh, they, they're pretty disciplined. I like him a lot, and that's 25 or 27 points. Mike Crab, you ever seen anything like that? I mean, we've seen some some really good ballers around this area, you know, but you did make a great point is the height. But the scrappiness and the toughness of this Rodgers team, you know, it just exemplifies, like, Coach McBrayer and what he's all about and, and how he wants them to play. But, D, this kid, he's got some moxie and he's got some toughness to him because he will slash to the hoop, he'll go get rebounds, he'll dive on the floor, he'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, And if you listen to his interview – you know, uh, he's like, yeah, we got weight coming up, but I'm looking for Lima Senior. You know, so this is a team <laughs> looking for all types of challenges and ready to take on this uh, 2024 season because they got some skill, they got some lineage, and, uh, and and they're coming back next year, like you said. So I like McAllister. I like what he does. But this kid, D. Patterson, he can get it done. He can score point, points in bunches. Yeah, obviously a huge spark plug for them. Shout out to D. Patterson, our Sean's Irish Tavern Player of the Week. Shout out to the Rogers Rams for getting out and voting on our poll overnight over the weekend. All right, so it was an unprecedented weekend, really, in Lake Erie NFL playoff football. We're not talking about the Bills. We're going to talk about the Browns and the Lions. Obviously, the Browns fell short 45-14, the final score in that one. The Lions hold on tough in Stafford's return to uh, Ford Field. What are you guys' thoughts, Mason, on the Lions game? What does it mean, like that, that arena, how it was blowing up in Detroit? I think you could tell, even going back to the start of the season, what this year was going to mean for Lions fans. Every Lions road game, it felt like Lions fans were dominant and very, very loud in the stadium. It's all been building up to, to last Sunday. Um, and I can't help but reflect on as good of a hire Dan Campbell has been. He's kind of the perfect marriage of subject and medium because he feels like a Detroit guy. And I know he is a former MCDC, Lions man. Absolutely. Um, Detroit's like Toledo. You know, we talk about Toledo as being little Detroit often. Yeah, right, right. We don't like formality. We don't like people that put on airs. Um, so reflecting on the attitude and the edge that Dan Campbell has given this franchise and given back to this city, and then watching Matt Patricia's Eagles defense play just horribly in their playoff game, as good a hire Dan Campbell was, Matt Patricia was completely 100% all wrong for the city, the organization. He was arrogant. He did put on airs. Nobody liked him. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that the Lions hired Dan Campbell. And I'm glad it's working out because so many people hated that hire when it came about. People wanted Eric Bieniemy, right. um, and there were a lot of questions about Dan Campbell. And you know, is he qualified to do this? Can he get things turned around? And it worked. And I'm so glad that it did. Yeah, I mean, huge for Jared Goff, right? He gets his revenge on the Rams team Ooh, that we, really let him go mm-hmm. for Stafford and. On the other end, maybe the not-so-fun end of the spectrum for the Browns. Not a good day. Not a day to remember over there down in Houston. Mike Rob, thoughts? It's not been a day to remember, but it's been a season to remember. You know, it's been a great year for the Browns, you know, despite all the injuries that they've had. I mean, you, you're talking about, like, the fourth-string tackle is what the yeah. Browns is playing with. You know, you lose your quarterback, you lose your running back. That's enough to be a, a, a one and two or two game, two win season, you know, but for the Browns, you know, uh, Paco came in and really set this thing up and we didn't expect that, you know, you lose your other quarterback and, uh, and, and, and so for Cleveland to have all the bad things that went wrong for this program, they still found a way to, to make lemonade out of these lemons. And I think that, and, you know, as a diehard Cleveland fan, 
you know, it's easy to kind of get set up in a spot and be like, ah, well, you know, fire the coach, fire this. Well, they did fire two coaches, fired their running back coach and their tight ends coach uh, as we're recording this. But at the same time, you know, the Browns have to focus on just continuing to develop and understanding that we have all of the key pieces, a great defense, banged up defense. But once everybody's back, the Browns are going to win a Super Bowl next year. You heard, it here, next year. You heard it here first on the BCA Station podcast. We talked about it. Like their recipe for success all season was play stifling defense yep. and let Joe Flacco manage games. And that game, 280 yards passing, three touchdowns for Stroud. Now, Flacco with two picks. It was it was kind of the recipe, perfect recipe for failure for the Browns in that game. Um, I mean, but he hasn't been consistent all season. You know, we always talked about the 300 yards that he throw or this, but what about the two interceptions? You know, he he does have a turnover streak and uh and he he's been a great, you know, uh backup quarterback to be able to get him off the couch right. and get him to play at the level that he's playing at, you know, in his late thirties. So uh, he was good enough to get you there. Yeah. So we're blessed for that. And uh, we didn't expect to go there. So for the season to go this way, it gives a lot of hope for Cleveland and uh, CJ Stroud was just on one. So uh, I don't know what happened with the Browns defense. Uh, I think the injuries caught up to us. And then also just the young old line being so banged up. Uh, we did the best that we could. So, we proud as Browns fans over here. Yeah, we'll take it. CJ Stroud maybe staking his claim as the best Ohio State quarterback to ever play in the NFL. That's a that's a topic for another time. So the Browns season comes to an end. The Lions, though, they advance this Sunday. They're going to play the Bucks at 3 p.m. Make sure you head yourself over to B-Dubs to check out that one. Have yourself the greatest of all times. Now we're going to take some time to get into our clip of the week. All right, our clip of the week brought to you by Renewal by Anderson. We're going to head over to start Ja'Kai Jefferson. All right, this is maybe a battle that we didn't see that I'm going to have with Bowser, but Ja'Kai Jefferson was clutch late. A couple of late steals. Both of those led to layups. was really the late spark that, that start needed to top Bowser in this matchup. The first of one, obviously, you see here, ties the game up. The second one, they need a timeout. They got to regather themselves. Wasn't good enough. Ja'Kai Jefferson, he's going to jump the pass here, get another steal. This one gives Start the lead that they would not relinquish. Final nice. score, 53 mm. to 50. I mean, that is as gritty a finish as you can need. That's tough defense. What do you guys think? That's an awesome layup to give him the lead. <laughs> to use, use his body so well to get to the other side of the rim and under. shield the defender, that is really, really nice. Uh, this Start team's had a rough year. And I don't even mean record-wise. Like, you lose Matt Wortham in December, and you hope that he's back at some point. You return very little from last year. They're not big. Again, recurring theme in the area. Um, but they're finding ways to grind out wins and, and get it done. And even without Coach Wortham, they're still organized and they're still disciplined. And they're one of so many teams around. Nobody's going to want to play them in the tournament. Yeah. I know I wouldn't want to. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to play in a tournament is a team that's going to be able to stifle you with some full-court press defense late. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is a team that you, you talked about it. They're young and they're scrappy. I mean, to go for a pass like that in that moment, you know, you, you got to have some confidence there. And, and he had the high hand and uh, and his team's believing. So this is a start team that, you know, um, they're used to winning and they don't want to be on the other side of what it looks like. So they're going to continue to step up and play. But this this right here, this situation is just great situational awareness and great individual effort because that kid rallied his team to to get that victory right here. Simply, like, I love that. Go play some football, son. Yeah, we talked about last week's play of the week really being a, a heady heads up play for for Javante Hill and those yeah. dunks. These are kind of along the same line. Like, you know, you're down. You know, you're tied. You got to be able to make a play and be somebody the team can count on. And both the Jeffersons have really been that for start. And 
you, you, you made this segment up, moving on up, and I think very appropriately so. Jefferson's really helping this Absolutely. team move on up those City League rankings. Hey. Um, I mean, make sure you check out more highlight clips just like this. Make sure you follow us on TikTok at BCSN Sports. We post daily clips. Help us get to 10,000 followers. We're like 1,300 away right on the precipice. So make sure you help us get there. So we're going to stay kind of in the topics of last week. We're going to talk about our game of the week last week, which is Whitmer and A-Dub, a battle that we maybe didn't give the generals enough credit in that matchup. They battled 59-53 to final. And Mason, what did you see that maybe was different than how we kind of thought this game would go? You, you know, Josh Arthur, the Anthony Wayne coach, where our booth was set up at Whitmer, kind of on like mezzanine level to get back to the locker room. He had to walk directly under Darren and myself. And he looked up at me and he gave me the old Maxwell smart. Missed it by that much. They were so close to getting over the hump. There were times in the third quarter and early fourth when they were able to tie it but couldn't take the lead. They were really disciplined. They made life very difficult on Whitmer. They turned the Panthers into a jump shooting team in those middle two quarters. And that's not what they excel at. They want to get out and run and they want to get into the paint. They want to cause problems. And they were settling for shots that they shouldn't be taking. And Anthony Wayne was able to cash in at the other end. One thing that I liked that the generals did was we saw Griff Pike inside a little bit more. He tends to float around the perimeter a little bit. He's six foot five. You'd like to see a guy with his build because he's pretty substantial too. Six, five, around 200 pounds. You'd like to see him a little more active underneath. And and I think he was, um, they're getting better and they're going to have off nights. They did last night. We taped this Wednesday morning, uh, Wednesday afternoon. Now, uh, Tuesday night, they lost by 20 to Perrysburg. Um, tough night for them against another disciplined team, but I do like them they're, They've got depth and they've got a lot of similarly sized guys. They've got a really good coach and they played disciplined basketball. Um, as far as Whitmer's concerned, it's the mark of a contender, right? When you can yeah. play with your C minus stuff and still grind out a win over a tough team, you know, really yeah. good teams aren't going to have their a plus stuff every night. And it's important that they got a win like that when they weren't at their best. Yeah. You were, well, I think Finley might have something different to say about that. They've been playing A-plus all season. Yes, they have. But Anthony Wayne, like I said, I I do like Pike attacking the rim because I think that's the difference making is uh, with this Whitmer basketball team is they struggle in the post. You know, we saw Antoine West, you know, do his thing in the post, but he's a Division I kid. You expect that. Leach, he's a Division I kid. That's the I think they're the only team in this area that has multiple Division I players Mm -hmm. starting on their roster. Um, so, you know, I expect a lot from Whitmer. I think the expectation is there for them to win, to be where they're supposed to be. But for Anthony Wayne, like I said, their season is not going the way that they want to. But this is a team that can just kind of creep up on you, maybe in a sectional and, and, and catch you slipping because they are tough and they're well coached. So, you know, uh, you don't you don't count them out. You know, Benders and the rest of the boys are going to get this thing rolling. But, hey, at this point, I think it's a Whitmer or bus type deal for the rest of the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I'm dip- Credit to Justin. He mentioned last week at the end of the segment, we talked about that game where maybe they don't match up well on paper, Anthony Wayne, in that matchup, but that's a team that plays with pride, and they certainly did that last Friday night. A close win for Whitmer. They survive in advance, obviously. And now we'll go from great performances on the court to a team that's really doing well off the court. This is going to be our Unison Health student section of the week. And that is going to be Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, the Eagles, they are this week's student section of the week talked about it last week maybe not having the season they want on the court are the ladies but the ladies off the court and yeah, they're thriving it's student section of the week they're out there blowing up the student section 
getting their representation. They're going to get the chain this week. Make sure that you guys post your stuff all over our social media with hashtag SSOTW. Get yourself the chain and put yourself in the running for our student section of the season. Can I jump in for a quick second? Go for it, Mace. I'm so excited, and I know we'll get to this uh, later on when we look at next week's games or the games to come uh, later in the week. They're going to get to play St. Ursula before St. John St. Francis at Savage Arena. So that student section of the week, that student section better be big. Right. And they Packed. better be loud. I'm certain they will, because anytime you get to show out as a student section on a bigger stage, it's a cool thing. And I love, you know, we get used to seeing St. John St. Francis at Savage at least once a season. I love that the girls are getting the chance to do it, too. That is really, really cool. And student section of the week, Fly Eagles Fly. All right, we're going to get into this week's matchup. You just talked about it. One of them this week at Savage Arena. That is St. John's. St. Francis, we get the rematch of a great matchup from December. 56-53, the final. St. John's won that one. We're going to talk about a big life change for St. Francis. It's mm. going to start happening this matchup. Mason, you mentioned it earlier. The Hortons, they're, they're done for the season. Yeah, and, and it's a shame because I saw them on Martin Luther King Day against Bowling Green. That's a Bowling Green team. Again, I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but they're not very big. They don't have anybody over six foot three, and they don't have anybody that's real substantial like they have a 5'11 kid who's thick that comes off the bench but you're asking somebody who's 5'11 to play at the five for any length of time and, and you're going to have a bad time probably um the hortons were terrific and i want to give a shout out to logan horton the older brother alan the younger one is the guy that gets the most attention he's in the starting lineup logan comes off the bench logan horton played exceptionally well um he's not much of a scorer but he is a deterrent at 6'11 inside um they're going to go from having the biggest front court in Northwest Ohio to maybe the smallest. Again, they don't have anybody over six foot three. I don't know what it is about my height that is like the, the high end of basketball size in this area. It's downright bizarre. Um, they're going to have to totally change the way that they play. I mean, because it's not so much about the Hortons blocking shots. It's the shots that they deter and discourage and impact and alter. And now they're not going to have that threat anymore. So defensively, I don't know, do you two, three zone and make up for your lack of size with quickness? The the good thing is Jamie Ketchmerick's a great yeah. coach and he has a really good staff and they've known they're out the rest this of the season, coming, yeah. having transferred in from Northview. They've had since the summer to plan for, this is what we do the first 11 games. Here's what we do the rest of the way. If any coaching staff around is able to navigate around that lack of size, it's probably those guys. Yeah, and you look at St. Francis and what they're going to have to do going forward is they're going to have to play a different brand of basketball. And I think the style that they're going to play is probably scrappy, fast-paced, and just really switch it up. And I don't think many people, um, especially St. John's, is expecting that. You know, they may be like, hey, they're going to slow it down, try to just take the game away, take some clock out of here. I think St. Francis is going to run up and down the court. I think that's their game plan, and that's how they're going to to, to find a way to, to get there because they don't have any depth. Let's just call it what it is. St. Francis don't have the depth that they used to, and and they're going to struggle, you know, um, trying to get rebounds, trying to get the, uh, you know, the defensive glass and, and making plays down low. But for St. John's, they've been hot so – they've been hot recently. Obviously, they lost to Lakewood, St. Ed's, and uh, that's a team that's going to compete deep in the playoffs. But St. Francis is going to have to find a way to stop, you know, Mr. Murphy on the outside. They're going to have to stop race, and, and it's a lot going on for them and they're going to have to find a way to get these bench players involved because they don't go more than six or seven. I, I think you're right about how they would like to change their style. I think they probably would like to get out and run, but you hit the nail on the head. That is not a team that's deep. They weren't deep with, with the yeah. Hortons, really. They would maybe play eight. Yeah. Um, Austin Urban will 
yep. maybe jump into the starting lineup. Outside of him, it's a million question marks. Jermaine Polk is another big guy, but he hasn't he, played they, much. Yeah, they're going to have to play him. Yeah, so it makes me wonder. I, I think they're a naturally fit yes. group, but can you run around at the tempo that they'll probably need to for 32 minutes when you only play six guys? That's what's going to be tricky for them long-term. And, and they're going to have court. to do it. And on a big court. And they're going to have to do it <laughs> the rest of the season against yeah. the Catholic High School League in Detroit. And it gets harder. So many of those schools have D1 kids. Monty Williams' son plays for one of them. DCC uh, yep. has a ton of talent. It, it's going to be a St. difficult Mary's. back end of the season for them. They won't play another non-conference game for five weeks. And it, it might be tough sledding. Until then. Yeah, here's here's St. Francis coming up. You got, obviously, St. John's, DCC, Detroit Jesuit, Brother Rice, De La Salle, and St. Mary's. All of those teams has Division One players. So this league is 10 times better, if you count counting on the athletic ability, than the NLL. You know, so they're going through the gauntlet right now. So they've played some tough teams, but now this is where they get their test. You wish you had those kids for the second half of the season instead of the first. Yeah, if you if you think Jamison Heck didn't already have the keys to the castle, I mean you're you're banking on him oh, to continue yeah. to be clutch. I mean, obviously those free throws against Central Catholic that really vaulted them and got them that lead late, really able to ice that game away. I think my biggest guy to watch on this St. John's team, we know what Jalen Murphy can do. We know what those guys are. Ethan James. Freshman mm-hmm. Ethan James. Mm-hmm. Throughout the season, he's gotten a bigger and bigger role and he's continued to make more and more plays. We've seen Race Kowalczyk kind of grow into a better role. Mm-hmm being kind of able to stretch the floor and just be a big guy inside. Ethan James is my guy on this St. John's roster to really watch and see him grow, not just this year, but, I mean, he showed flashes that he's going to be a problem for for the Detroit Catholic League and especially Toledo area teams for the next few years. Absolutely, and he's in a situation at St. John's where he doesn't have to start and he doesn't have to carry teams. Like I saw Rossford, for example, on Martin Luther King Day, and they're having a real tough time. I think they're 1-10, in their two best players our freshmen, freshmen yeah. and, and they're freshmen who are, you know, Isaiah Mack Russell at Central yeah. Catholic. Yeah, he's a ninth grader, but he's cut. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's built. Not... He's 6'4", and he's substantial. Yes. John Fox, the point guard at Rossford, is 140 pounds. Parker Theobald is 6'4", but extremely lanky. Right. Ideally, they'd be, if they were at a, at a different school in a different situation. Probably playing freshman ball. They'd be playing freshman ball or JV ball and maybe vacillate between JV and varsity and get a few minutes in the odd game right. here or there. They're getting thrown into the fire. Ethan James has Jalen Teamer who can start at the point, and James can come in and split time with him, and you can get him in a, a kind of, not a limited role, but you don't throw the entire textbook no at him. Right. Yeah, there's no pressure yeah. on him to, to produce and perform. I love the smoothness and confidence that he plays with. That's not the easiest thing when you're coming up from eighth grade ball and even eighth grade, <laughs> yeah. like the AAU circuit, to come in and be comfortable and to play confidently. I, I like him a lot. And there's so many guys to be excited about among the current freshmen and sophomores in the yeah. Toledo area. I feel like we're in probably the best generation of young talent since right. Mark Donnell and Nigel Hayes and Mark Loving and the Tony Kennards and Clemmy Owens and those guys. You're 100% right when you said that, too, because the freshman class in this area is very special. So you're, I think you got about eight or nine guys that's going to probably go out and play college ball, and we're going to hear about them over the next few, several years. And you know what's crazy is we just spent so much time ranting and raving about this matchup. It's not even our game of the week. It's not even the <laughs> game of, that we are probably the most excited about. Next up, we're going to talk to you about our game of the week brought to you by Dunn Chevy in Oregon. Our game of the week. We all know it around the area. We love it. It's some taction. We've got yes. Toledo Christian 
at Emmanuel Christian. That's going to be 7, 15 p.m. live on BCSN or the BCSN app. It's Little Christian, 10-1. and Emmanuel matching 10-1 and record. Although Emmanuel coming off maybe their biggest win of arguably any team in the area that win over Maumee Valley last Saturday in overtime. Uh, Toledo Christian lost to Maumee Valley back in December. They're on a six-game win streak since that loss. Mike, Rob, what, what are we looking at here with this taction? You know, I, I think that this is uh, going to be a, a doozy. You know, um, and, 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 and when you look at taction, you know, there's always going to be balanced matchups. And, and this is one where you always say coaching. Coaching matters, and, and it matters in a lot of situations. But when you have two dominant players like, you know, Emmanuel, that's what's the difference maker is because if if Brown gets hot, then it's over. But we already know their second star is going to light up, and he is going to dominate the court. So it's how do you keep the ball away, and uh, maybe it's a good thing that we don't have shot clocks yet. Mason, you talked about it before we started recording. You think they might have a plan over at TC for how to keep Nate Miles in check? I think it's possible. As much and, as that's possible, well, right, yeah. N- not every coach is going to think about unorthodox defenses to slow down a player like Nate Miles. But Tyler Boris sat at the feet of Dave McWinney for a long time, and I always saw Dave McWinney as a mad scientist, a, mm-hmm. a mad genius, mm-hmm. who would scheme up box and one, triangle, uh, triangle and two, or something to try and keep the ball away from Nate Miles and say, all right, Jalen Brown's going to have to beat us. Anthony Trombley's going to have to beat us. Um, Antoine Mister Charles Folks, if they beat us, fine, but Nate Miles ain't going to beat us. And I don't think he'll be afraid to throw something unorthodox at them to try and alter the Emmanuel Christian approach. And on the other hand, if I'm Seth Harris, whom I have a ton of respect for as a tremendous young head coach, I think he'll have his guys ready for whatever Toledo Christian yeah. chooses to throw at them. Uh, the thing you have to remember if TC does do something unorthodox against them, Emmanuel Christian is so young. Mm-hmm. They're as young as anybody in the area, with the exception of maybe um, Central Catholic. Right. You know, Nate Miles, yes, a generational talent, maybe. Um, only a sophomore. sophomore He's right. in 10th grade. Uh, you've got a sophomore in Tremblay that played very occasional varsity minutes at Cardinal Stritch last year. And, and Antoine Mister is a freshman. And Folks is a junior who's new to varsity basketball this year. Um, he'll have them as ready as they can be. But I'm expecting this to be a whole lot of fun. Toledo Christian has scoring depth. So what does Emmanuel Christian do defensively to neutralize maybe two of the four that can score? Um, Kalan Butler's a scorer. Xander Hessen is really good on the inside. Uh, Carter Kester is a complete yeah. guard now. He was a shooter as yep. an underclassman. Now he is a scorer and he's thick, and he's tough to push around. He can do a lot of things on the court. He can, and having Kanye Gaston back after his knee injury last year, he's an X factor for them, I think. That makes all the difference in the world, having that extra score. So you got four really good scorers in that starting Mm -hmm. lineup. They have the same issue that some other teams do. We just talked about St. Francis not being very deep. I don't know how much they're able to utilize their bench. I haven't seen them yet this year, but I think this could be one heck of a basketball game, and I am going to make a suggestion to anybody that wants to go and see it in person, you should watch us on BCSN with myself and Darren Cohn. If you're going to go see it, get there early. Because Emmanuel Christian, that place is so small, it's so intimate, you're so tightly packed in there, you, you might want to start lining up now at the door, matter of fact. Take a sleeping bag and a bunch of space heaters. You could borrow them from my upstairs. And, uh, yeah, go hang out, and you're going to be treated to a great game. Get a burger at the concession stand. Uh, you That's know, exactly. I, we were you know all where I was thinking, going. Yeah, you know where I was going with straight concession stand talk. <laughs> all because of us were there. They have the best concessions. They so do. if you do go, 
go eat the food because uh, I, best concession in Northwest Ohio, hands down. But if you don't go, make sure you check it out, 715 uh, live on BCSN. Now we're going to get into some of our coming up games of the week outside of the big ones we had already talked about. Throw that graphic up on screen for us. All right, we've got boys basketball. Obviously, we just talked about TC and Emmanuel, 730. Sorry, I said 715 on BCSN. We got girls, St. Ursula, Notre Dame. We touched on that. And it'll be at Savage Arena right before the St. Francis, St. John's game. We got Whitmer and Southview. So a battle of Buckeye and Cardinal, two of the top teams in both of those divisions. We got Bowser and Scott, some City League action. O'Hills, MVCD. Obviously, MVCD looking to bounce back off of that loss. Two of them, really, they've taken their last two games. Yeah. Took a, yep. a not-so-fun one at Perrysburg earlier in the week. Northwood Oof. got Cardinal Stritch. And then we've got BG and Northview in some more NLL action. Is there any game up there outside the ones we talked about, really, that's sticking out to you guys? I, I want to mention, too, quickly, that Whitmer at Southview game. Southview got upset by Fremont Ross last night. They're looking for a statement bounce-back win against, obviously, a good Whitmer team. Jerron Witcher, player I like a lot, and Micah Bays against Antoine West. That's going to be a great matchup. Um, and Northwood Cardinal Stritch, a, a lot of people don't fully appreciate that that is a local rivalry. I mean, those two schools mm-hmm. are about a mile from one another, yeah. um, and, and they're both growing and, and emerging programs. Stritch with a new head coach this year. They're starting to put some performances together. They're 5-7 and seven now. Northwood's going to go to that tiny little gym at Stritch, and I think that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that Bowser game. Bowser at Scott. I love some City League action. We can't forget about those guys. No, indeed. Bowser has some ballers, but Scott is a tough, tough team. All right, you saw it. You saw all the matches we got coming. Make sure you catch us next week right here on BCSN every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere, and especially bcsnnation.com slash podcast. Follow Mason on Twitter at mlowerybcsn. Coach Mike Rob at Coach underscore Mike Rob, myself at Carnes Brandon. We appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you right here next week. Let's go, Sports Bar. <laughs>